Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Tuesday edition of the program. So glad to have you with us as we kick off another day of complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. It's election day. I know it's primary election day. I think a lot of the local races, there's not much as far as contested races, but as as always, my encouragement to get out and uh, vote even in the primary election, get uh, read up on things and prepared for the general election coming up in November. But glad to have you with us today. And today is uh, going to be a very special show. We're not just going to talk about our usual stuff with Indiana, but got a very big guest joining us here in just a few moments. We'll tell you about that coming up. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, instead of our headlines today, we're going to be joined by a Hall of Fame guest. His name is David Hatfield. Coach Hatfield, as you might know him, the former Jeffersonville softball coach, he's been involved in athletics here in southern Indiana and way farther out than that for years and years and years. When I think of him, I think of a lifetime of sports. And recently, the Jeffersonville softball stadium was named in his honor. And he's been on my list to have him on and recognize him. And so he's going to join us here in just a few moments. He's actually in studio with me today. Also, later in the hour, Mike Schumann. He's a regular guest that we have on Tuesdays as we talk the very latest with IU. I tell you what, we'll get into a little football today. Indiana's been on a rash of getting some recent commitments. And, of course, we'll jump into the transfer portal and all of the activity that is out there. And one big thing in college basketball, it really doesn't affect Indiana. Uh, I guess it could because he could stay in the Big Ten Conference. But Hunter Dickinson, the big man from Michigan, is expected, I think most expect him at least, to make his college decision later today uh, in an announcement. Now, I believe there's some sort of podcast he's supposed to come out with later this evening. Uh, Kentucky, many think, will be uh, his ultimate destination, but he is considering Maryland, uh, which is much closer to his home than Michigan or even Kentucky. So we'll see if he stays in the Big Ten as a Terrapin next season and joins Jordan Geronimo, the former Hoosier who entered the portal and over the weekend committed to Maryland, or if he goes to UK or perhaps somewhere else. He's got a few other schools on his list, but that's one of the big college basketball notes of the day. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out our dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well. 
at Honey Bake Tam in New Albany. Love to hear from you. The Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Again, questions, comments, you got something you want to say, Send in for Coach Hatfield here in a moment. You got something on IU basketball, football, local sports, whatever it may be. The Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Let's get to our very first guest who is in the Big X studios for the first time in many, many years, Coach Dave Hatfield. Coach, thanks for coming in today. Thank you, man. I'm proud to be here. Thank you very much. I tell you, over the years uh, that I've had this show and been involved here, of course, there are some great voices uh, long before me that I you know, hold in such a Hall of Fame status, really. But I've always wanted to make sure on this show and on this station, we continue the heritage of sports in the area. And there's been so many legends, whether it be coaches or broadcasters or just others in our sports communities that have done so much. And you absolutely fit that bill in so many ways. So when the honor was announced by the Greater Clark School Board a number of months ago that the softball stadium would be named in your honor. I said, we've got to get Coach Hatfield back to the Big X. So thanks Thank for coming in today. What what was your – we're going to get into your background and your career and, and all this, those sorts of things, but when you got this call from Jeffersonville High School that the field was going to be named in your name, in your honor, what, what was your reaction? Well, I was uh, totally shocked and humbled. Uh, Pam Edwards Hall, the principal there, called me on a Sunday, said, uh, we need you to be at the school board meeting on uh, Tuesday night. And uh, I said, oh, crap, here I go. I've been a subbing there. I've gotten in trouble doing something. I know they're going to call me in and say, you're getting too old. We're going to get rid of you. <laughs> but I was totally shocked when I walked in. And there was probably 15 of my former players there to meet me, so uh, I had heard a little something about it before that it would possibly happen, but that was a couple of years ago, and I guess it takes a long time for those wheels to churn out everything and make everything right. So um, I was very humbled by the fact that uh, they wanted to name the softball field after me. Absolutely. What a special honor. Coach, uh, let's go back and talk uh, history, and there's so many things you've been involved with, but uh, your time at Jeffersonville High School specifically, the softball program, you were essentially involved there from day one. Uh, You've told me stories about helping get the first field. It was kind of a makeshift operation, to be quite honest, together. But take us back through the history on how you got involved, why you got involved, and how this all came together. I had made stops at Utica, at Jeffersonville. I taught at the old school downtown. Then I went to Indiana State, got my master's, went to California for nine years, teaching and coaching there, wife and us. We all got a little homesick, had a child, wanted to move back to the area. So when he came back, uh, I was offered a, a job at uh, TG Elementary. And then from there, I was there for two or three years. And then uh, Doc Bolton called over, Tom and Patterson, I think it was, the head football coach then, asked me to come over and coach with him. So I did. And then uh, Doc Bolton uh, uh, had retired from coaching. And uh, he uh, came to me and asked me, he said, uh, we need a softball program here. Uh, a couple of years before, New Albany had started, Floyd Central had started. There are other teams across the river that um, that we played against as well. And it was all slow pitch at that time. 
and we had uh, no funding, basically nothing in the athletic budget. So uh, we went out back way uh, back on the back side of the property and had this uh, the old 10 by 20 PE backstop. And uh, from there, we started uh, cutting the grass and laying out the field. Um, we had a grass infield at the, in the beginning and then eventually worked up. We finally got a, a fence around the outfield fence and along the sides. We found some portable bleachers, portable benches type of thing, and uh, we got going with softball. Amazing. You you saw it from the ground up. Um, all these years being involved with Jeff softball and other things at Jeff as well, we'll get into some of that in a moment, but uh, any greatest memory or what's the biggest takeaway from all of the kids, the youth, the Jeffersonville folks that you coached and helped over the years? Well, I guess the, the fact that uh, we were able to get out of the area, they had uh, been very, very little fast pitch at the time I think there was maybe none so uh, I uh, we were a true travel travel team because in the beginning of the season we'd always take them uh, to Nashville Tennessee where fast pitch had been going for quite a while and we didn't even have a fast pitch pitcher we just have a had a player that sort of do a slingshot type thing try to throw the ball a little faster without any uh, without any arc on it so we went to Nashville well, our principal at the time uh, allowed us to get out of school early on Friday, went down to Nashville, played three games on Friday evening and then four on Saturday, and then uh, came back on Sunday. I think we went to Opera Land and things that type. We did that two or three years and then uh, went to St. Louis once. And uh, St. Louis was uh, playing fast pitch as well, so we went to, with the same deal there and took them on uh, Sunday, I guess, to the uh, – there's a big park there. Uh, I forgot the name of it right now, but a big uh, uh, park like Disneyland type thing or Opera Land type thing. So we went to that, and then so we were able to expose the girls to the way fast pitch uh, should be played, and uh, it was, um, I think, very important. David Hatfield, my guest here on this Tuesday edition of the program. It's the David Hatfield Stadium, the Jeffersonville softball field, now named in his honor and a special ceremony to uh, welcome that, to bring that to light, uh, held a few weeks ago on the Jeffersonville High School campus. Coach, you know, I, I, as, a, as a guy involved in sports since I was a kid, I've always seen you around Jeffersonville Athletics. You've done the scorebook for boys basketball. You've been a teacher there for many, many years. Uh, of course, always recognize you as the former softball coach as well. But uh, your legacy at Jeffersonville, obviously softball coach and helping start the program is a huge part of that. But even today, and I'm not going to say your age on the radio. You could do that if you want. But even today, you're in the building, I believe, as a permanent sub. And so you continue to be uh, involved in really all facets of things with high school sports and the school building at Jeffersonville High School. What does that school mean to you? And my goodness, all these years that you've been involved there, still going today, even today on Election Day, you're in and out of the building for uh, an e-learning day. Well, I uh, started, I, I was looking at it when uh, uh, I have been involved in Greater Clark County Schools in seven different decades. When you're 83 years old, you've seen a lot of things go up and down the path. Uh, the students today, uh, because of the COVID type of thing, uh, you know, they're 
having difficulty adjusting emotionally type of thing to those type of situations. But uh, uh, we're hanging in there. Uh, I enjoy Jeffersonville High School uh, very much. My daughter uh, is... Uh, done quite well she retired from Ford now she's with GE but uh, she put a lot a lot of this together and at the dedication she decided to give uh, six scholarships one to That's each great. one of the seniors that are graduating uh, for five hundred dollars and made another donation to the program so I'm very proud of that. That's outstanding. Great stuff. David Hatfield, my guest today. You know, we talk a lot of basketball on this program. I'm, I'm a little bit of a basketball fan. So uh, you were the scorekeeper, I believe, for the 93 Boys State Championship team. I think you did it for some years before that and after that as well. But uh, any memory of that and how crazy is it for you as a former teacher, former coach, scorekeeper to see Sharon Wilkerson back in Jeff leading the basketball program as the head coach. Welcomed him with open arms. He Every time he sees him in the hall, he says, hi, Mr. Hatfield, you know, that type of thing, <laughs> with a lot of respect. But one thing I can remember, remember about the uh, state championship, uh, Mike Broden was coaching and uh, up there at the state championship, uh, when you're keeping your team book, you're right beside the team and you have no idea what's happening down at center court. Uh, they got the possession arrow wrong after the first tip, mm. and uh, you couldn't do anything about it. And uh, Mike, when there's about 30 or 40 seconds left, Mike looked over, we got any more timeouts left? I said, yes, Coach, you got <laughs> one more timeout, take it. <laughs> so that's one of the things really that uh, – I remember from the whole situation, but uh, kids were very, very well-disciplined, uh, did a great job, very humbly winning the state championship. Yeah, what a special memory for everyone at Jeffersonville High School. Those things don't come around very often. Now, you know, there's plenty to talk about uh, with your athletic career. We'll do some of that here in a moment. But you recently, in fact, you and I kind of reconnected through this. You recently have started another, I guess you'd call it part-time job or part-time hobby. You've become quite a volleyball official here in the area. So tell us about your latest adventure in sports here. I started uh, refereeing softball and baseball when I was like 14 years old in Little League and did did it on and off taking breaks from it when I was actively coaching a softball team. But then after that softball season was over, I was the uh, I, I was the first head coach for the North-South All-Star softball team. And then the next year I was uh, asked to and did uh, uh, refereed the uh, second one, second one. So uh, I've been involved in that in softball, baseball. And as you get older, um, you – don't want to go out on that heat or the cold or something. And my daughter and granddaughter both played uh, volleyball. My daughter at Providence, my granddaughter at um, at Floyd Central and IUS. So I said, wait a minute, you know, I've been around volleyball all my life. So about seven or eight years ago, I got my license and um, doing volleyball now. Um, club volleyball, I think at 83 years old, I did 10 games on Saturday, eight more on Sunday, and then three more last night for the New Albany Parks Department. So, uh, you know, at, uh, you can stand and watch and decide and make decisions, things of that type. You don't have to be up and down in the hot and cold, things of that type. So volleyball has, uh, has uh, been good to me, uh, had a lot of good memories. So now I'm trying to give back by uh, refereeing the volleyball games. 
And uh, Coach Hatfield, you know, I, I think a lot of listeners and a lot of people that know you uh, for your years at Jeff as a teacher and coach and so many other things, they they probably just think that you're a Jeffersonville guy, born, <laughs> raised there, been there all your life. But uh, talking with you here in the last few weeks, you're from Middlesboro, Kentucky. And so I know you've touched on your background, but uh, how did you get from there to here? And this has obviously been really a permanent stop for you. Well, in high school in uh Middlesbrough, Kentucky, we, uh, there's about five or six of us that uh, were pretty good athletes. Um, Lee Majors, Tom uh, Stapleton, uh, Lee Majors, you would, uh, we knew him as Harvey Yeary, but uh, he, he and Chalk got scholarships to go to uh, IU to play football, and I had uh, nothing. They invited me to come up for a, a tryout type of thing at Eastern Kentucky State College, and uh, after two weeks of two-a-day, uh, at 17 years of age, uh, coach asked, told me to go over and register for school. So I was uh, given a scholarship, and I was registered my first year. So I was there for five years. After that, I sort of wanted to continue with football, and there was an old, uh, there was a an active uh, football team going here called the Louisville Raiders that played out at the fairgrounds. And so I hooked up with them. And then at the time I was playing with the Raiders, I was teaching Utica Elementary. Then the next year at Jeff High, then the following year coaching football at uh, Indiana State and uh, got buried in a snowdrift on the way from Indiana, uh, from Terre Haute to uh, here to uh, Jeffersonville. And I said, my wife and I, we got married in 1965 and moved to California for, stayed there for nine years, uh, coaching football and baseball there as well. So, you know, and then after that, we moved back to Jeff again and, uh, here I still am. <laughs> Coach David Hatfield, my guest here on this Tuesday show, the David K. Hatfield Stadium, the new Jeffersonville softball complex, is named in his honor. If you haven't seen it, still time to get out this season and take a look at that nice facility that uh, bears his name. Is there a sport that you haven't been involved in? As I look at uh, some things you've done in the past and hear you talk today, and I've had a chance to talk with you recently, it's off air, just amazing the number of, of, of kids that you've been involved with and sports that you've participated in. I mean, gosh, you've got a wide resume here of sports. Well, I've actually coached seven different sports. I think I was uh, back in the earlier when I went to TJ. Well, California coached baseball and football. Came back to TJ and uh, I coached all the sports there: uh, basketball, boys and girls, cross country, track, throwing, and then uh, uh, I had a stint with uh, coaching volleyball. Uh, my granddaughter played. No, my daughter played at uh, Arley Perpetual Health in New Albany, and uh, somebody coached before and he quit. So I said, "Well, I'll fill in." So I coached the uh, volleyball team there at Arley Perpetual Health, and um, uh, I think, I, as I recall, I had a stint coaching wrestling out in uh, when California, just uh, just helping out that type of thing. Yeah, wow, amazing stuff, David Hatfield, my guest today. You know, eighty-three as you as you said, and still going strong, uh, still very involved in the community and sports in Jeffersonville High School. So let me ask you this: You're probably as good of a person to ask this question as anyone that would be on this program. You've been around high school sports here in Southern Indiana at Jeffersonville High School in some of its heydays. That's for sure. What do you think the future of high school sports look like? I think we all agree that it's different and it's changing, but what, what's the future look like, Coach? I sure hope that uh, the high school sports continue. The uh, 
present day type of thing, travel ball, that type of thing, uh, has uh, taken time. Uh, a lot of the travel ball coaches now will not allow their athletes during the off season to uh, to play another sport. And I think uh, you know, as Danny Struck, a new, uh, I started a weightlifting program at Jeff High, and Danny Struck is doing it now, and he's always posting things in all different ways about two-sport athletes, three-sport athletes. And sure. I think it's very important for those uh, students to use the high school situation in a, in a way that they can play two or three sports. I mean, we did it when I was growing up, but um, I think it's very important uh, to not uh, put your eyes right straight ahead in the same thing uh, in the same direction, uh, but uh, expand and play different sports. Absolutely. David Hatfield with me today. Coach, it has been a real honor to have you on the program. Congratulations on the David K. Hatfield Stadium at Jeffersonville High School. And thanks for all you've done, not just in Jeff, but across Southern Indiana sports over the years. And I look forward to many more years of seeing you at ball games and seeing you on the ref stand at volleyball games. But I think a lot of people appreciate what you do. And thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. All right. David Hatfield with us. Here on this Tuesday edition of the program, Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join IU basketball and IU football on tap. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. The Thornton's text line open at number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Boy, it was great to have Coach Hatfield with us in studio uh, for the first segment. Just great to go back and hear the memories all the years. Still going at 83, involved in refereeing and, and still a sub at Jeffersonville High School. It's great to know we've got people like him in southern indiana just part of what makes southern indiana sports special and uh, we've had a number of people that uh, play those roles and continue to do so today and it's neat to highlight those folks from time to time mike schumann of the daily hoosier my guest in this segment each week as we talk the latest with iu basketball and football and mike it's still a waiting game for the hoosiers yes a big pickup over the weekend anthony walker from the transfer portal who was at miami last season now Indiana in the mix, in the running for some guards, and we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah, they, they're clearly right there at the kind of the brink of, you know, either having a really impressive lineup or roster next year versus, you know, maybe having some some question marks. I, I think the as you mentioned, the addition of Anthony Walker from Miami kind of 
puts them where I would say, you know, that they've got what they need from a front court perspective. Um, you know, I think he, he's an underrated addition, at least from a potential standpoint. You know, he gives them something different at the four spot with more of a face-up game and, and some defensive versatility that I think they maybe lacked at the four. Um, you know, he's an underrated athlete, and I think he can guard some of those tougher matchups that, that Indiana has struggled with you know, with some stretch four type guys in the past. So I, I think with him, you know, along with Ware and Renew and Sparks, I think they're really well rounded out at, at those, you know, traditional four and five big men spots. And as you said, now it's it's all about, you know, can, can they get a, you know, high volume scoring wing or two uh, to, to round out the last two spots. I really think that the potential is there. You know, you got a, a five-star uh, incoming freshman on campus this weekend and McKenzie and Baco. Um, and you got some guys in the portal like a Jordan Dingle, like a Rage Dennis. If you could land those two guys, I think you're talking about Indiana being in the conversation again to contend at the top of the Big Ten to, uh, you know, be in the conversation as kind of a national top 10, top 15 team which is a major you know you know obviously that that's a lot to ask still because those are very high in demand players um that indiana would have to close on it in the short turn here but if they can do it they, they would obviously have also you know really done an impressive job of, of uh, overhauling a roster in a short amount of time, which kind of seems to be Mike Woodson's specialty. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't at this point, you know, have any doubts that they could, you know, get something impressive done here in May. Indiana has had a track record under Coach Woodson of being able to score some late pickups, whether it be the portal or even recruiting because of coaching changes or decommitments or other situations. So. I feel that a lot of fans hoping and thinking that Indiana is going to snag one or two big names, even though it's kind of late in the game here and uh, as we start the month of May. Yeah, I just I don't think it's unreasonable to, to think that they could get it done, as you said, based on their historic track record. Guys like Malik Renew, guys like Tamar Bates, who they picked up late in recent years. I, I kind of have the sense that you know playing in this portal game and the decommit game is more of Mike Woodson's sweet spot with, um, you know, his NBA history, you know, it's more of a, a time, you know, high school recruitments are more of a, you know, multi-year prolonged relationship building type of deal where, whereas portals and decommitments, those are more almost like business transactions like NBA free agency. in, in my opinion, and I think he's, he's more comfortable and, and I think the case is easier to make in those situations. You take a guy like a McKenzie Mbako, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. Um, you know, Indiana has a clear opening, in my opinion, for someone to step into the role that Miller Kopp has played for the last two years at that three-wing spot. I think that's where he wants to play. I think that's where his path to the NBA is. Um and so I think it's it's relatively easy to say, okay, we've got Xavier Johnson, we've got Cole Ware coming in. What playing off those two guys is a pretty attractive opportunity, and you don't have a whole heck of a lot of competition uh, at that spot. Uh, I, I'm not sure the other guys contending for him can, can make that case uh, when it comes to a competition for minutes and opportunities to step right in and and play alongside. 
a, a proven point guard and a big man that's probably going to open up a lot of space for you both inside and out. And so I think in those situations, you know, Mike Woodson can say, look, you know, going all the way back to like a Carmelo Anthony, who I would say is an analogous type of player to Mbako, um, you know, these are the guys that I've worked with. This is the path that, that we can put you on. I, I think he's, he, he can do a pretty solid job in those type of settings. So, again, I won't be surprised if Indiana closes strong here. I know it's been a... A roller coaster ride throughout this portal with, you know, getting some guys like Ware, you know, missing some guy on some guys like Dalton Connect and Chris Leplum. But uh, I, I was told very clearly by people when I was at the Nike EYBL uh, in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago that, you know, Indiana fans need to be patient. Indiana has their eyes on a lot of different prospects, you know, including guys that have put their name in the NBA draft and may, and may pull out here when they get feedback that they're maybe still a year away or maybe not the best fit in the NBA at this point in time. So um, I, I think it's going to set up to be a, a pretty interesting uh, month of May all the way through the end of the month when, when people have to formally pull their name out of the draft. Yeah, a lot of big deadlines and a lot of big marks coming up here this month into early June that will set the tone and I don't want to say finalize, but really slow down the movement on what rosters could look like for next season one other recruiting topic it's kind of fun sometime i guess if you're an iu fan to uh get a little bit invested in a recruitment that doesn't involve the hoosiers and there is some interest here because hunter dickinson is a michigan player and he is considering maryland kentucky and others but there seems to be some buzz today and it's just buzz and perhaps it's because of where we're located and some of the other radio shows locally but there seems to be buzz that hunter dickinson could choose kentucky over maryland and his other options which would put him exiting the big 10 conference and i think that mike woodson and iu fans and probably everybody would from all the big 10 membership schools would probably be fine with that decision but you have any insight on when the decision could happen and have you heard any buzz about kentucky being his pick over maryland and others i i have zero insight on it and i i've tried a little the people i talk to usually you know, someone would say, you know, I think he's leaning heavily this way. I, I feel like people I've asked on this one, nobody seems to know. And so I don't know. Uh, I'm, you know, even in the potential conspiratorial camp that he could return to Michigan because of that, you know, because it's so quiet that, that he, he's kind of done his due diligence. And, you know, Michigan's added some really nice uh, talent at the guard and wing spot. Maybe it's become attracted to him again. I, I really don't know, though. So, uh, take that with a complete grain of salt. Um, I, I'm kind of in the camp uh, of you just uh, just from a, taking a step back and being a Big Ten and fan perspective. That I hope he's out of the league. <laughs> um, you know, if you got him and Edie out of the league, I think that changes the dynamics quite a bit uh, going going forward. So, um, you know, the uh, I'm sure Indiana fans won't be super thrilled if he ends up at Kentucky either, though. So I don't know how much of a win that is. Um, if he goes to Kansas, which I do, you know, some people do do think that's the way it's going to go, then um, he's going to be making a trip to Bloomington in December anyway. So a lot of different directions, but it, it, I agree with the overall sentiment. It, it's fun to watch one kind of from a step back, not having to worry about how it goes. 
And it's also fun to kind of see so much mystery and intrigue associated with it. Absolutely. Talking to Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, the latest with uh, IU and really Big Ten recruitment. Is there a team so far, and again, I know there's some big dates coming up, but is there a team so far that has made the biggest move as far as roster building or reconstruction in the conference for next year? Uh, I mean, I don't know that. I'd say they've made a lot of moves, but just kind of what they have coming back and potentially have coming back. I think Purdue is still right there as the team you look at and say that they're the favorite right now. Um, I I think, you know, Dickinson is still the wild card in the league, along with Zach Eady, as I mentioned. uh, You know, if Eady comes back, I don't think there's any doubt Purdue's the favorite. If he doesn't, they, they just take on a whole new look as a completely different team, which. You know, could be good or bad. I wouldn't say necessarily if he leaves uh, that, that that crushes Purdue's hopes for next year. I, I think we've seen far too many times that Matt, Matt Painter is very good at, at developing a, a, a team and a scheme that, that works at least in the Big Ten. So uh, there's a lot of talent coming back there either way. You know, if you add Dickinson, you know, back to Michigan or, or to Maryland, um, in either of those scenarios, that, that team rises right up there to the top tier of the league, in my opinion, as well. So that's obviously, those are obviously two huge ones to watch. I, I really like what Michigan State both has coming back and has coming in as a freshman class. Uh, so I think they're right there as well. And, you know, like I said, with Indiana, it's, it's all a question of how they close. I, I think, if they were to get somebody like a Jordan Dingle from Penn and a Mbako, uh, that, that to me rounds out their class or their roster perfectly. And in my opinion, they are right there in the conversation to compete at the top of the Big Ten. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, uh, thedailyhoosier.com, at daily underscore Hoosier on social media. He's a great follow. Just before we came on the air today, you posted an update on Flory Badunga. Uh, he's the big man, the athletic player from Kokomo in the class of 2024. And as you can imagine, as his junior season at school came to a close and this all-important summer uh, is beginning, spring and summer, I should say, of travel grassroots basketball, he continues to be a major target. He's got a lot of schools that have already offered. A number of those schools want to get him on campus and have watched him in the live evaluation opportunities so far. And uh, kind of some updates out there. Nothing major. And, of course, Badunga is not from America, so he's not the most well-spoken guy with his English, I guess is the correct way to say. But it's clear that he's intelligent and learning and picking it all up. But any update on where things stand with Indiana or just in general on who he's considering? And is there anybody that has a front-running spot or position on him right now? Yeah, I don't think there's any front runners with him. I did talk to him at an event a couple of weeks weekends ago in Noblesville, and um, yeah, I don't think he had been super focused on, on recruiting. Kind of coming out of his high school season, where Kokomo went all the way to the state finals, and then getting ready to play with his Indiana Elite Adidas program uh, for events you know, both two weekends ago and this weekend as well. So I, I don't think there's a lot of time to really focus on it. Um, but they are starting to, you know, I think the Adidas circuit is quieting down here until all the way into July, although he'll have stuff going on every weekend. But I think he he is now starting to 
scheduled visits. There was talk of a Kentucky visit in June, a Michigan visit at the end of May. I, I don't think he's got any favorites or, or front runners at this time, but I do think you, you do hear a lot about Kentucky, Auburn, Michigan, and Indiana. I think Cincinnati's still in there. Those, those might be the main five, although that's not what he's saying or anything. anyone around him is saying. I think that's just kind of the, the conclusions that you draw by, you know, by talking to people, to by listening to what he has to say, and and, and his actions as well. I mean, I, I think Indiana is still right there in contention. They're, they're, the staff's actions clearly indicate that they think they have a shot. Um, you know, they've been to um, up to Kokomo multiple times. They brought the whole staff to the state finals to watch him. Um, and Flory's been to IU multiple times and, and seems to really like it based on what he told us a couple of weeks ago. I think he's developed a friendship with Gabe Cups, uh, which is an, a nice asset to have for Indiana. Well, I, I think I think what sets up really nice, and I, I can tell you I've, I've heard this uh, from multiple people, the addition of Coral Ware as a more than likely one-and-done guy at Indiana. Obviously, it's his second year of college, but... He's probably only going to be at IU one year, at least what most people think if this season goes well. That sets up a perfect opportunity for IU, both from a playing time standpoint, which I know is important to Flory, and from the standpoint of, look, Trace Jackson Davis went to the NBA under Mike Woodson. You know, you hope, you hope that Ware has the same case in a year that, that he's projecting as a first-round pick. Um, that, that that's very attractive. I mean, Badunga might be beyond a decision. One of the things that came out of the national reports is that he might decide before his senior year, so he may not really know how the wear situation plays out. We'll have to see on that. But but I think there's a lot of reasons to think that Indiana is at least legitimately in the conversation and has a pretty attractive situation to offer. All right, talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, Mike, uh, Auburn was uh, announced or confirmed earlier this week as one of the non-conference games we're aware of for IU basketball next season. That's one of the fun parts of the offseason that kind of trickles out. You get an occasional scheduled nugget for something to look uh, forward to and put on your calendar for the 23-24 college basketball season. Take us through what we know about the schedule, at least the non-conference portion. I believe that Auburn game, which uh, the date is to be determined still down in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, I think that's the fourth non-conference game that we now, at least at this point, know about for IU schedule next season. Yeah, uh, probably the fifth, actually, because they there's an event in New York in November called the Empire Classic where they will play two games in two days against uh, two of Louisville, UConn, and Texas. And so those two games, along with Auburn, Kansas, and Harvard, uh, are five of the 11 non-conference. So we, we already here in the second day of May know, uh, what would it be, uh, 25 of the 31 games for next season. So it seems to be coming out a lot faster than, than it has in years past. Um but the uh, yeah the Auburn game is interesting for a lot of reasons to me. Uh, as people know, Mike Woodson coached for I think six or seven years for the Atlanta Hawks, uh, and, he, and he has a fondness for for that area. I think he may actually still have a house there, still own property there in in some regard. Um, I know 
when I was coming back from the Bahamas uh, back in August of 2021, he was on the same flight with me and told me he was uh, stopping in Atlanta, which is where our connection was, to, to spend time there. So I, I think it's a place he goes often and likes it. Um, Indiana has a couple of players on the roster next year from the Atlanta area and Ja'Kai Newton and Caleb Banks. They recruit the area heavily with Yusir Rosamond, who's also from Atlanta. So that's a kind of a neat uh, opportunity for Indiana to play a high-profile non-conference game uh, to, and, and to have it have some meaning both from a recruiting and from, a, from the standpoint of people on the roster as well. So I, I think you'll continue to see more of that. I think the Empire Classic, as I mentioned, in New York is kind of the same thing. You know, Mike Watson also coached the Knicks for a long time, and it has a fondness for, for the New York area. So uh, it's kind of similar to what they did last year with the, the trip out to Vegas. I, I think you'll can continue to see them kind of have high-profile non-conference games. Uh, and I think that was all kind of a kind of a byproduct or falling out of the Crossroads Classic which I liked quite a bit, but I, I think it, the, the thinking was to have more of a national type uh, footprint for some of these non-conference games. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Very interesting, though, the schedule, especially for this upcoming year. You mentioned the Empire deal in New York, two games, and, of course, the Auburn game in Atlanta. It very much fits Mike Woodson. It's clear that he's going to use – his connections, obviously, in recruiting. I think we all knew that his many years of pro basketball experience would be something that came up a lot with recruiting targets, but he's using it even in scheduling as well to showcase his players and probably himself maybe get a little bit of enjoyment in the middle of these very busy and hectic seasons. You mentioned the Knicks connection at New York, and obviously he's got a home in Atlanta and the Hawks connection uh, down down that way. So kind of interesting to see uh, the schedule fit Mike Woodson's uh, preferences, I'm sure. Yeah, and that, that's how all this is supposed to work, right? It's supposed to be fun and it's supposed to kind of uh, fit and kind of you know, be something that identifies with the, the new staff. So I, I think you're right. I think you see a clear Mike Woodson footprint on, on the way scheduling is going right now. And we're not even talking about the fact that both he and John Calipari have both said that at least verbally there's an agreement going forward the year after for, for Indiana and Kentucky to renew that series. So um, just further evidence that, that things are changing and kind of have Mike Woodson's footprint on, on them from a scheduling standpoint. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Quick IU football note, Mike, before we let you go. They've had a number of commitments uh, lately. You do a great job also keeping up with all the football uh, stuff, even in the offseason at thedailyhoosier.com. Can you kind of give us a rundown just lightly of who Indiana's picked up here recently? Yeah, they had a commitment this morning, actually, from a Wisconsin offensive lineman, which uh, you got to believe the connection there is the new offensive line coach, uh, Bob Bostad, who came from Wisconsin as an O-line coach, multiple stints there as an O-line coach. So, um, you know, I think if, if Indiana fans want to see anything going forward uh, with this program, it's improvement along the offensive line. I think that was one of the more underrated aspects of the program during the Kevin Wilson era with Dan Feeney and others kind of leading the way, anchoring things. Um, so we'll, we'll see. This guy, um, Mitch Verstigan, is not ranked out of Wisconsin, so I think it's more of a, you know, a situation where IU has watched him and they feel like they, they know that, that he's going to develop the right way. Um, 
he was the second 2024 commit. They also got Brody Coson out of Michigan, a tight end. So, and he was finally on the board in 2024. I think they were the only Big Ten program to uh, not have commits in the class of 2024 going into the weekend. They now have a couple. Uh, so things are starting to move forward. They've also had some portal pickups here uh, of late as well. So much like we talk about all the time with basketball, things are very dynamic and fluid in the recruiting space for football because of the portal. Um, so it's a, it's a never-ending job keeping track of everything that's going on in the recruiting space, that's for sure. Absolutely. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. You can catch him here Tuesdays when he joins us to talk IU basketball, football, and more. Mike, as always, thanks for the run today. We'll do it next week. All right, Matt. Always enjoy it. All right. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll head to a quick break. Final segment coming up. We'll set you up for the rest of the week and a couple nuggets to go uh, to share with you. And uh, stay with us for that. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday edition of the program. Quick segment, and I'm glad Justin Kalen, our producer, reminded me, no show tomorrow. We've got Bats Baseball uh, at the noon hour, and so that means the pregame show will come on uh, somewhat time in the 11 uh, a.m. hour. So we'll have no show tomorrow. Back Thursday, trying to figure out Friday with all the derby and coverage we've got from Churchill Downs for the Oaks and different things. So it's a crazy week, and it's derby week, and I know it's crazy that we're uh, into our second day of the week, we don't talk the Derby on this show much. I, I like it. I'm not going, but I know there's so much Derby talk out there. I try to stay in my lane with IU and Southern Indiana stuff and so forth. But uh, So that's the plan. No show on Wednesday tomorrow because of Bats Baseball, but back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. here on the show. If you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. And appreciate all of you, those of you that listen on the Big X, uh, on the stream, uh, those of you on demand that maybe can't get free in the 11 a.m. hour. It's uh, glad to have you always and really appreciate hearing from you, the emails, the notes, and uh, love to get your text as well on the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Have a great Derby week. We will talk again on Thursday. And uh, glad again that you're with us today. So have a great Thursday. Thanks for listening. And back with you, I should say, have a great Tuesday. Thanks for listening. And back with you Thursday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>